All right, hey y'all, thanks for being with me today. I really appreciate your time. I wanted to share something with you that just happened to me a couple days ago, and, um, and the experience was so impactful that I spent a couple days thinking about it and writing about it and really trying to articulate my feelings. And from, from all that pondering, uh, I was able to, to draw out a leadership principle, and that's what I wanna talk about today. The reason I do is because this particular leadership principle I think is vital to becoming a sovereign individual and family. And that's what this podcast is about. A couple of days ago, I met in the office of a business owner and another member of their executive team. The purpose of the meeting was they have a really aggressive growth trajectory and some goals that are tied to that and they we were exploring this conversation about uh, working together, doing a collaboration, and in some way helping each other, or me helping this business get to that milestone. And uh, and so that's that's fun. Those are always fun conversations, right? I I, I get to have a lot of these conversations every day uh, with business owners, and we talk about where they're at, we talk about where they're going, what they've tried before, headaches, things like that. And I really enjoy it because it's it's high energy, and it, like the these are things that I've geeked out about and spent a lot of time studying and, and trying and testing on myself and my own business and and coaching others on how to do it in theirs and things like that. So it's it's super fun for me. I love them. I love these conversations. Now this particular conversation was unique in that it was um, it's in a space that I'm not particular I've, I've never tried before and uh, and so there's a there's quite a bit of unknown right there's some ambiguity and you know this the company is still relatively young and and so I'd say like even the executive team they're they're seasoned in their own business uh, but to grow to like to hit their growth goals that would represent a new frontier for them and so they're going to be growing into something new that they've never done before I would be supporting them in in some ways that I've never done before. And so we were, in addition to just having this exciting conversation, we also got down to some nitty gritty brass tacks conversations about, um, you know, all right, if we actually do this together, like what is this gonna look like? <laughs> and what are we worried about? Like, and it's it's really a vulnerable conversation to have to say, hey, look, you, know, you, you invited me here to have this conversation um, what are you worried about? You know, you, you have these hopes and dreams, but there's also unknown for you and inviting me to participate in this. Um, what are you scared about? And, and then like another part of the conversation is me honestly expressing what I find to be my strengths and what I find to be my weaknesses or just things that I, I'm not sure, maybe just because we're kind of stepping into a little bit of the unknown and I've never done this before. And so um, that's, that's part of this open conversation. <laughs> and the response from the, the owner and the other member of the executive team uh, was really empowering, right? To, to be in a vulnerable state like this and to express um, truly who I am and where I've been and where I want to go. And then to have them say, in effect, look, we understand where you've been. We understand that there's 
some new things here that are new for you, but we have all confidence that you can do it. And the feeling in that room and in that conversation is really empowering because how many of us have ever struggled with imposter syndrome? Do you know what I'm talking about? You with me? Right? It's this feeling that in the natural course of life and like the natural human reaction to try to put your best foot forward, right? Like we're, we're usually not out advertising our weaknesses or the things that we're bad at. Um, we're not typically intentionally lying either, but we're putting our best foot forward. So when you like, um, if, if you know, you're trying to bid on a contract or apply to another job or get a promotion at work, or you're dating somebody and you are wanting to ask, you know, propose to them, right? Ask them to marry you. <laughs> like in all these conversations, you're, you're trying to make a sale, right? You're selling a product or a service or you're selling an idea. Even if the idea is like, I'm selling you on the idea that you should marry me and spend the rest of your life with me. Or I'm trying to sell my boss on the idea that he should continue employing me and paying me. Or I'm trying to sell um, my, my teenage kids or like my toddlers or something. Like I'm trying to sell them on the idea that they should listen to me, right? It's like in this, in this life, right, there's all kinds of transactions happening. and Not all of them are like the typical ones of like, hey, I'm selling a product, right? It's like I, I'm trying to sell an idea to somebody and I just need you to, to like buy into this thing. And uh, in that like because that's what we're trying to do like we're trying to put our best foot forward and it's again it's most of the time we're not trying to intentionally lie but we're trying to say like hey like i'm on my best behavior i'm like in in the best possible place i could be i'm trying to i've practiced this script i'm trying to say it all right you know all this kind of stuff so but because of that a lot of us struggle with imposter syndrome because like the person says yes like they buy your idea or they buy your product or service or something, right? And it's like, they've said, yeah, okay, now they're, they want to marry you. They say yes. And so, then, or, or they hire you or whatever it is, right? And, and so a lot of us have imposter syndrome where you're kind of like, well, I didn't intentionally lie, but, but now they've said yes. And maybe they, they, maybe I overinflated my strengths and abilities. And so I'm a little scared I can't deliver on this. Uh, or I can kind of deliver, but it's going to be disappointing. And so a lot of us have that. Uh, I, you know, in the, the entrepreneurs that I've coached, most of them have that imposter syndrome. Um, and then, you know, certainly there's a lot of parents, a lot of married couples that I've met and talked to. And just like it, it's rampant. It's everywhere. Like a lot of people have this imposter syndrome. It's kind of like you you feel like you don't quite deserve it or you you're afraid of being found out and again it's like not not that you're intentionally lying it's just that you're you're doing the very best you can and you're always putting your best foot forward so <laughs> that leads to that that's like what leads to imposter syndrome um and so it's really it's a very weighty feeling if you have imposter syndrome or have ever felt it, like you know, it's heavy. It's a burden that you carry. It weighs on your mind and, and it comes out in subtle parts of your conversations and interactions with people. On the flip side, 
when you can truly be yourself and be vulnerable and be seen, it's peaceful, it's calm. That's the opposite of the imposter syndrome, right? It's like, I'm not trying to be something that I'm not. I'm just me. And yes, I'm trying to do my best today. And yes, I'm, I'm trying to say all the good things about this, but like I, I'm also comfortable in the idea that I'm imperfect. I'm also comfortable in the idea that I make mistakes. And so like truly being seen, being vulnerable, being accepted for who you are is like the, impo- the opposite of the imposter syndrome. And so the leadership principle that I learned from this experience is this. A leader ought to seek out opportunities to give the people that directly report to them or are in their sphere of influence, they should give them the gift of being seen. Are you with me? You know what I mean by that? Meaning, so in this conversation, um, again, we're, we're exploring doing this potential collaboration to help this business grow in a very aggressive way. And uh, so in a a moment of vulnerability to be able to share like, hey, I like these are things that I, you know, X, Y, Z is stuff that I have done. These are skills that I do have. And then ABC over here are, are skills that are going to be required to grow this company. And they're, they're skills or experiences that I've never had. And I want to just be clear on the onset that we'd be venturing into a little, I mean, we're building off of solid principles and experiences, but we're also venturing into the unknown for all, all of us here, (laughs) all of us in this room. And, uh, and to be sitting in that moment and to have them say, I understand, I see you, and I still have confidence in you to go do that thing. That's very empowering. And as a leader, uh, the the principle to me as a leader is to seek out and give that same gift to other people is in, in, in the people around me in my sphere of influence who, who are under the burden of the imposter syndrome to see them for who they are, their strengths and their weaknesses and to let them know, I see you. You don't need to hide the weaknesses. You don't need to overinflate your strengths. I see you and I'm still going to employ you. <laughs> I'm still going to pay you money to do that thing. The thing that you've never done before, but I trust that you can figure this thing out. Okay, that, that's a really empowering thing. Now, on the flip side, how do we, how can a person create that feeling in themselves? Right, because there are many of us, and, and maybe many of you who are listening to the podcast, who this is resonating because you've felt that and you struggle with imposter syndrome, and how how you hope and yearn that a leader could be that for you, right? How you probably say, gosh, I, I wish someone would tell me that. <laughs> um, and as I'm sitting, as I spent a couple of days pondering about this experience, I thought, so why, why do we need a leader to tell us that? Or maybe not a leader, but even if, it's, if you're an entrepreneur, um, why do we need the marketplace to tell you that? Like, why do we, why, why, 
because at the end of the day, it really is in your own head. It's in your own mindset, right? Like imposter syndrome is something that you and only you are experiencing. The person on the other side of the table that you're talking to is not, I mean, maybe they're feeling imposter syndrome for different reasons, but they're not feeling your imposter syndrome, you know? Like you are the one that is feeling that and you've created that in your own mind. And and like I'm, I'm sharing this experience with you, there's an external force like someone else you know, we have this vulnerable moment and they they convey their confidence in me and that helps me get out of that mental state, right? Or helps just kind of dispel it. <laughs> um, but how can somebody just change their mental state? Like without, it'd be great if, you know, a leader could just come along and tell everybody and give, speak those same sweet words to everybody, right? And have the same sweet vulnerable moment. But But how does somebody do it without that? without sitting around waiting for a leader to, to notice them or see them for who they are. And that, that's something I wanna explore for a moment. Because when you look at really influential leaders, um, they've been able to do that. Uh, meaning they've been able to you know, get out of their own mind and, and not suffer with imposter syndrome and generate in their, in their self, in their psyche, a sense of calm a sense of curiosity, uh, a recognition that they do have strengths, that they do have weaknesses, and they're striving to be better, but they don't feel you know, any sort of need to overinflate who they are or hide their weaknesses. They just are who they are. Uh, and so I just started this. There's a new master class that Richard Branson uh, prepared. If you don't know Richard Branson, he's the CEO of uh, Virgin, it's a con- conglomerate of companies. Um, super interesting story, right? He's just, he just, he, you know, has built multiple companies and it's all under the Virgin brand. But like, you and I probably know him from his recent trip to space, right? <laughs> like uh, him and Jeff Bezos um, went to space. Uh, I think it was, was it like a year ago? They finally, they made this like really historic flight and um, just really cool, right? So like we think of Richard Branson as a really disruptive entrepreneur. He's, uh, he's been in like totally different industries. Uh, like he started a, a, a magazine, a jur- journalism company, and then he uh, started like a record label and then he started an airline and then, you know, he's just doing all kinds of stuff. He's a type of person that is in, in some way similar to like uh, Jeff Bezos, right? Or a um, Elon Musk. And like these, these entrepreneurs that end up being incredible leaders and they, they create new categories. They change the world. I mean like their products and services and ideas are, are easily you know, impacting a billion people directly, like a billion humans know their name and their brand, right? And, uh, and so that's, like when you look at those people, you say, you can kind of see this principle that I've been talking about, like operating in their life, okay? So like, let's take Elon Musk. Elon Musk, um, when he founded PayPal and grew that, um, it was, you know, like it's this tech company and, and he, it changed the way that like, 
money was transferred and payment processing and like the whole idea of peer-to-peer payments like transferring money through paypal um it was before venmo was a thing and, and then of course paypal bought venmo so it's uh you know all like one and the same <laughs> but uh what i'm trying to say is like so elon musk has this experience changing the world in one area and then and then he gets this idea that he should you know start tesla and then and then you know lead tesla grow tesla and then spacex and um like when you examine that you say all right well elon musk you have this incredible time like growing and changing the world of payment processing like what makes you think you're qualified to do the same thing in the automotive industry right you like have some previous background in that like do you know <laughs> do you know how to market a vehicle like marketing a vehicle is very different from a payment processing software um do you know like supply chain do you know how to manufacture that thing do you know how to like get the financing and all the all you know all this different stuff and the answer to all those questions is no um and so like wouldn't he be ripe for the imposter syndrome right it's like of course he has built some great skills in leadership and technology like building paypal but there's still like a spot where he's venturing on into the unknown and doing something he's never done before and if you study his life versus like richard branson's similar story right it's like you're going through life and you're doing this this new thing and it's bold it's kind of scary and and you're taking with you all the knowledge and skills from before and you're applying it to this new thing and you have success and you have failures and, and you learn from the failures and all that kind of stuff and then you just roll it onto the next thing. And so when you look at these people's lives, their experiences are, they jump. And when I say they jump from thing to thing, I, I really don't mean that they're like lacking focus. When I, I'm just trying to convey that they have like distinct experiences in different industries and in, in, in different skills that they've built and at every stage they could have suffered i mean if they if they suffered from imposter syndrome it it probably would have disqualified them from really being successful in the next thing that they tried to do you know you know what i mean are you with me it's like they're trying to build they're trying to do something new that nobody's done before and so like why why should an investor give them money, right? The investor's like, well, have you built an electric vehicle before? No, why should I give you money? Well, you should give them money because that person is not struggling from imposter syndrome. They're not hiding who they are, their strengths and weaknesses. They're not hiding all that stuff. And at the same time, they have a, a calm demeanor. They have confidence they can figure it out. And they've surrounded themselves with people to fill in the gaps, okay? And... So we come, come full circle, taking this all back. What does this all have to do with becoming a sovereign individual or a sovereign family? Each of us need to, it, it would be great if we all had leaders that could help instill that confidence in us, okay? A leader that says, hey, look, I see your strengths, I see your weaknesses, I know you've never done this before, but I want you to do it and I'm still gonna pay you money to do it. So I'm gonna show you how confident I am in you to pay you to do something you've never done before. That would be awesome if it happened to every single one of us. But if it doesn't, to be a truly sovereign individual and family, we need to cultivate the mental 
skills and tools to get to that spot anyways. To you know, leave behind imposter syndrome. Cultivate calm. And uh, create a vision for who you want to become and a curiosity to discover that and an openness to take risks and make mistakes and move forward. And, uh, and so that's my message today. That's this important principle. It's both a leadership principle if you are leading people and you need to empower them in this way. It's also a self-leadership principle to just cultivate the right mindset about this. So anyway, thanks for tuning in and listening. Uh, hopefully it was, uh, it's a positive return on your attention. I really appreciate you uh, being a part of the community and the tribe. And we'll catch you next time.